Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Hey, hey, Seattle. Hope you're having a great Saturday night, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I am your host, Christopher Chan, uh, the... The MC of, uh, well, I'm the, the Baron of Brewskies. I'm super excited. Uh, next weekend, I will be heading down to Portland. A couple cool things happen. This Portland Cider Fest, the Portland Cider Summit is taking place. But also, something dear to me uh, is the American Homebrewers Association is homing Homebrew Con, and it's down in Portland, and it's taking place, uh, I believe it's the 28th, 29th, and 30th. But I had the pleasure of uh, having uh, Gary Glass, who's the executive director of the American Homebrewing Association. Uh, he's on the line here, so we're going to jump right into a big mash ton. Hey, Gary, welcome to Happy Hour. Hey, thank you for having me, Christopher. Um, tell me, so am I getting it right? AHA, I mean, there's lots of acronyms these days. It's the American Homebrewing Association. Yeah, American Home Brewers Association. Home Brewers Association, excellent. Now, and your your position again is? I'm the director of the AJ. Now, are you you were a home brewer, and you said I want to start a. Uh, how did this whole thing get started? Well, the, this the whole thing started long before I was involved in it. Uh, it was started back in 1978 uh, by a couple of guys named Charlie, Charlie Papazian and Charlie Matson. Uh, Charlie Papazian is probably best known for his book, The Complete Joy of Home Brewing, which has helped. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people get into into homebrewing, uh, but but started back in uh, in 1978 when we published the first uh, first issue of Zymergy magazine. Zy- what, what, how do you say that? Zymergy. What? It's the uh, the the science of fermentation. Oh, okay. Um, and it begins with an X or a Z. It begins with a Z. At the time, it was the uh, the the last word in the dictionary, so that was convenient as well. Oh, <laughs> just look at the last word and go back. Uh, pretty cool. So, uh, well, happy 40th anniversary then, right? Right, exactly. So, yeah, our, our, our birthday is coming up in uh, in December of this year. Excellent. And uh, so as Rolls director, how long have you held this post? Uh, I've been director since 2006, but I've been with the AHA since, uh, since January of 2000. Well, what does the so AH do? Years. What 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 does the organization do? Uh, well, we we promote homebrewing, and and we're you know our our mission is to promote uh, homebrewing and empower homebrewers to make the best beer in the world. So, like I said, we publish Zymergy magazine. We've got our our website homebrewersassociation.org. Uh, we put on the national homebrew competition, which is the world's largest beer competition, uh, and then we do this this homebrew con event, like the one that's coming up in Portland. Uh, which is the world's largest gathering of homebrewers. So we've got 3,000-plus uh, attendees coming to, to Portland. Wow. Well, let's get a lowdown on that and give me a website and what's going to take place, the dates and all that. Sure. So the the, the website for the, the conference is homebrewcon.org. Um, it is taking place June 28th through the 30th uh, at the Oregon Convention Center in Portland, um, and then there's there's a whole bunch of events that are happening around uh, this event as well. So um, there's there's lots going on around uh, HomebrewCon Week. Now, do people bring their own beer? Can they bring a growler and share it with everybody? Most definitely, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't be much of an event without homebrew. So, uh, yeah, we we actually expect uh, we'll have probably over a thousand kegs of homebrew that are served. 
over the course. Not all of them will be emptied, but uh, we'll have at least you know a thousand different kegs of beer that are tapped uh, <laughs> over the course of the of the event. So it's either uh, a good so, yeah we yeah oh Go it's, ahead. it's either a good sign that your keg is empty <laughs> because it got drank or or maybe that one we got to get rid of this one. Let's empty that keg right now. Um, <laughs> you're a home brewer too, I take it. Oh yeah, yeah. I've been uh, I've been homebrewing since oh gosh. Uh, 25 years now. Wow. Did you get the magazine back in the day? Uh, you know, I, I honestly had I'd seen the magazine I, before I started with the AHA, but I, I hadn't, I hadn't, I, I wasn't a member. Um, I, I was very familiar with Charlie Papazian though, because his book is what, what got me into the, into homebrewing. So when I, when I found out that I was going to be working with, with Charlie Papazian, I was, uh, I was, I was beyond giddy. Oh, so fun. <laughs> Where's the headquarters for you guys? Uh, we're we're based in Boulder, Colorado. Ah, okay. So, uh, is is New Belgium a friend or foe? Oh, absolutely a friend. Uh, <laughs> in fact, uh, Jeff Liebisch, who is one of the the, the co-founders of of New Belgium, he got started uh, taking taking homebrew class from Charlie Papazian before he started the the American Homebrewers Association. Oh, wow. How about that? I like that. Uh, you know, we, we we tend to gravitate toward people of like minds, and it's good to have some tutelage. Uh, I'm speaking with Gary Glass, who's the uh, director for the American Homebrewers Association. You've got HomebrewCon coming up here. Uh, it's next Thursday, Friday, Saturday down in Portland. Uh, can the public go? Uh, well, you do have to be a member of the American Homebrewers Association. Um, that's that's a kind of a legal requirement because we're serving oh, uh, right. unlicensed, untaxed alcohol. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's a private event, but anybody can join up to the the day of the event. Uh, so uh, sure. you can uh, get your membership at, at homebrewersassociation.org. Uh, you know the, the entry level price is uh, thirty eight dollars for for a membership, uh, and then you can can register for the conference. Does that include the magazine? It does include the magazine. Oh, fun! Um, so th- I'm really excited about going. I and I have you honest, I haven't made homebrew in probably 15 years. It was is my my time in the 90s uh, when I just could not brew enough beer, um, and I probably brewed 50 batches. I was always looking for high tests. Of course, I was a hophead back in the day, but I loved malt, uh, and I was always looking. And I I named some of my beers, and I always tell people, you know, my first one was called Bella Beer, named after my dog, and I made you know a cherry beer and a, a vanilla bean. Stout was the most phenomenal beer that I can remember, but I made a big beer once called Dark Diggler. <laughs> you know that that is one of the fun things about about homebrewing is that you know you can come up with some pretty creative names and you don't have to worry about selling the beer. <laughs> I love that every brewer I talk to really gets that joke. That's. Really- Helpful for me. <laughs> I don't want to explain it because it's uh, it's better a tongue and cheek kind of thing. Um, pretty neat. So, is there? Tell me about this competition. The largest beer competition in the world is the home brewers competition. Where is that held? Right. So uh, we do the the first round of the competition in April. We have twelve different uh, judge centers all around the country, oh. uh, where we had uh, eighty four hundred entries judged, and then. Uh, all the the top three beers in each of the thirty three categories advance on to the final round, which is being judged uh, next Thursday uh, at the at the HomebrewCon event. So oh yeah, I'm super. Final round, and then on Saturday we announce all the winners. Super stoked. Well, I'm glad you're not holding in Colorado because I know that the the uh, the, the elevation can change the perception of taste, right? 
it, well, it changes a lot of things. I wasn't aware that it changed perception of taste. Yeah, well, they do studies, and uh, you just your 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 acuities are not quite as keen, or your senses are not quite as acute, or something like that. But um, that doesn't matter. I, and how many? So thirty three times. So you're talking about a hundred beers will be here at this event, or is it? Wait, uh, twelve hundred no, category from, from twelve hundred beers uh, each. Yeah. Cool. And uh, so what What I'm really excited about is that, obviously, I have a chance to go down there, and thank you very much for the opportunity. I want to take the beer judging class, and I re- reached out to uh, the gentleman, I think it was Jim, who, who who puts that on, and I'm excited to learn that. Obviously, I'm an advanced sommelier by trade. I've, I've been in the wine business. I brewed beer. Um, I haven't distilled anything, but to me, this is really cool, because I'd, I'd kind of like to be a beer judge, but I'll be honest, I said that I was a barbecue judge, and I put on like 20 pounds. I don't know if I can <laughs> Well, when you're when you're judging beer, you're judging very small amounts. So. Yes, and I guess you can spit. You, it's hard to spit barbecue and, and not uh, uh, insult anybody. So that's a different thing. Um, what what is going to be the highlight? To me, this competition is going to be a highlight. I think there's going to be a lot of pride. Do you have a big trophy? Do you have the Stanley Cup, so to speak? Yeah, we have the, uh, the Charlie the Cup, Homebrew of the Year award, as well as the uh, Ninkazi award. So, Homebrew of the Year is the best of show out of all of those eight thousand four hundred entries. The the Ninkazi award, which is named after the uh, Sumerian goddess of beer, uh, is for the um, uh, the the winningest entrant in the competition. Um, we also have a Mead Maker of the Year award and a. a, a, a Cider Maker of the Year really? award, and cool. we've got a couple of awards for for clubs that have uh, you know, have, have entered as uh, as club members. And how many members throughout? You said there's three thousand attendees, but how many members uh, participate in the American Home Brewers Association? Forty five thousand, and that's that's worldwide. So we we have uh, have home uh, home brewer members all over the globe. Yeah, like uh, Istanbul. <laughs> no. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, they're homebrewers. They're certainly not uh, taking it outside. I imagine. Um, yeah. Who who won? Uh, are you a judge? Do you get to participate in that fashion? I am a judge. Yeah. Uh, and and so when you think about homebrews, let's talk about. Give me an example of a style of homebrew that I mean. To me, we're mostly making ales, right? Isn't that kind of homebrew? Is an ale. Uh, well, it's primarily ales, but homebrewers can make can make lagers. It, it uh, just need, requires a little bit more temperature control for fermentation. But, uh, we we have uh, ale ale categories as well as lager categories. And what would you say is you know of all the categories out there, there what's what's considered the most prestigious? The IPA, is it the Session? Is it the uh, Maybach? Uh, the uh, Trappist ale or what? what? What's what do you think to me is what, really the the pinnacle of of home brewing excellence? The 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 categories that get the the most entries are India Pale Ale and Spicer Vegetable, which is actually I believe the the most entered category, and which is surprising and not surprising at the same time because sure. as home brewers, you know the. The great thing about homebrew is that you have that opportunity to experiment <laughs> and, and try new things, and so and homebrewers are obviously doing that and creating something completely new. Uh, so it's it's great to see the level of popularity for that category. Has there been a an instance, uh, uh, an entry that really intrigued you as far as being something you thought you were like totally bizarre or totally magnificent in, in some respect? Um, well, I I don't know if I could say something. It was specifically entered in the competition, but certainly uh, we, we at HomebrewCon we have a club night event 
where we have uh, over 40 different clubs from all over the country that are uh, homebrew clubs that, that are sharing their beers. And every year I find something that's just like, I would never have thought of doing that. And, uh, and so I've gotten a try. I think last year I did, I had a, uh, a beer that was made with chicken. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. They I've do had, that with tequila. I think Polke. <laughs> <laughs> I've had uh, had had a beer that was made with uh, 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 Thai um, uh, chilies, Thai curry. Oh, Thai curry! It was it, yeah, and it, it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, it, it was really extraordinary. Um, I've had beer made with mushrooms, not not the magic kind, but you know. <laughs> non-toxic mushrooms uh, <laughs> and and it was uh, surprisingly very good interesting because uh, mushroom so, gives you, know, you that texture there's a little texture to umami to it right it gives you that mouth right, feel. exactly yeah which is exactly. really cool and, yeah i mean you got to pair the right beer with it but uh oh but sure it really can can work um what's the website if people want to learn more or, or get an inkling uh, to uh you know something for your 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 brother who who brews beer <laughs> that you don't like you can get him a, a subscription and a membership <laughs> your website yeah. the the website for for the American Homebrewers Association is homebrewersassociation.org uh for the for the homebrewcon event is homebrewcon.org Awesome. And uh, are you are you in Portland this week? Are you heading down there on Wednesday? Are you going to do, do some tours? Do you go check in with some of your associates? Or uh, uh, yeah, I'll be getting in on on Monday to help uh, help get everything set up and ready to go, and uh, hopefully be enjoying a, a bit of the city. Obviously, Portland is a a one of the best beer destinations in the world, so uh, it's always exciting to have an opportunity to get there. Yeah, we've got the uh, the. We're going to have a name for this corridor from uh, <laughs> from uh, California all the way up here. It's called I five, but we got a thing of a fun name. Hey, Gary Glass, uh, super excited to chat with you. Congratulations on forty years with the American Homebrewers Association. You're sixteen years as director, and look forward to seeing you uh, this week down in Portland. Yeah, I'm great. Uh, thank you so much. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure to be uh, speaking with you. Awesome. I'll see you then, Gary. Thank you. Hey, folks, stick around. I've got uh, the folks from Varsity Communications and the Proof Distillers Festival coming up on July 7th. Stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Start your day the right way. The Commute with Carlson, live and local, weekdays 6 to 9 a.m., Talk Radio 570, KVI. You're in the know with KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back. Happy Saturday night. Uh, if you're looking for really fun, and I know you want to tune into my show, but remember we have a website. It's called happyhourradio.net. So next week, uh, sorry. July 7th. I'm going to give you all permission to take the night off from my show <laughs> and join me over at Proof. It's uh, the 6th annual uh, Proof Washington Distillers Festival. It's at Fremont Studios, and I got the cool cats uh, behind the whole idea. Uh, it's uh, Dick and Ian. Hey, welcome to Happy Hour. Hey, it's great to Thanks be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Um, congratulations. Six years. I, it seems like we don't can't really kick the event off until we're in in your studio. I feel like now it's now it's ratified. It's really going to happen. Oh, thank you for that. I'm excited to uh, give you my champagne blessings, if you will. We'll bust the champagne on the on oh, the, the bow of that ship. Um, you know, last year I know we had a, a, a conflict of dates. We we both had some huge event on the same date. Obviously, you had proof, and I had the Seattle 
International uh, Wine Symposium. But my event is now last week in August, so therefore I can come and play. And awesome. uh, I'm excited to uh, welcome all your distilleries and to meet them as well. So, uh, Proof, the idea was... You know, we sat with the guild, I think it was like six and a half or seven years ago, we called up the leadership at that time, and it was, uh, those stalwart guys are still involved, uh, Stephen Stone from Sound, and um, Jason Parker, Jason. who hadn't even started yet, uh, Skip from Letterpress, he hadn't even started yet, Jeff Steichen was just getting rolling, and uh, we said, hey, how would you guys feel about doing a flagship grand tasting event so we talked about what we we're doing with taste washington and what we we're doing some other projects and one thing led to another and we said hey if we're going to do it it's only going to be for the washington distillers guild there's not going to be any any big brands allowed in uh if oregon or montana or british columbia want to get involved they have to come through the guild and the goal was just to do it as a standard setting event how many distilleries did we have six years ago we had about 25 all right. 25 or 30, and then it grew to about 33, then I got to 35, and then I got to 38, and then 40 was the big benchmark last year. Really? Um, and now we're, I mean, you we mean are participants, just, not actual distilleries in the state, because we have a bunch. Yeah, there's about 100 or so. I know Kim can speak to that when she's on here as a, as a, as a big part of the, uh, the guild's movement and a distiller herself, but uh, there's over 100 now, but when we got involved, there were 40, I think, or 50. Um, that were under 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 consideration, but I think there's only like 25 that were really operational, and it's it kind of looks like the wine industry did 30 years ago as far as the trending, not the numbers. There's a lot more wineries, as you know, but it's just exciting to see the thing take off, and more importantly, it's so cool to see the participants just really get into it. The gate yeah. continues to get larger and larger. We'll grow out of that building, I think, in a couple of years, but Very it's soon. a lovely venue. And Ian, um, you have uh, you're part of the, the varsity team. You bring expertise as as far as uh, uh, logistics and and um, contacts. What what is your area of expertise in in the uh, special events business? Yeah, so I handle all the sales for sponsorships and exhibitors. Uh, I help a great deal in getting the restaurants uh, in into the the show and on board there too. Uh, but basically bringing partners in uh, who are uh, paid supporters of the guild uh, to name them and showcase them at the show, industry partners uh, and people who are kind of in that vein of the distilling and culinary world, too. That's great. Uh, it's it's good to have uh, you know a wealth of, of people who have talents and connections to make this event. Now, six years. I remember the first one. It was down uh, at that cute little spot uh, on First Avenue, past the bridge, the South uh, Spokane Street Bridge. I can't remember what the name is. It's just called the Foundry now. The Foundry. Yeah. You know, I don't, for whatever reason, it's been blanked out of mind because they changed the darn name, and I don't remember what it was to begin with. Um, but your the venue now is really fun. It's the Fremont Studios, it which is. is a sexy building. Uh, I love the the Very lights. So. The the environment um, has it changed? Have you changed some of the the dynamic? You, I know that you had the, the store; you can buy product. Mm -hmm. Tell me all about it. So we had to move into Fremont Studios a second year. The Foundry was great. I'd do an event there all the time if I could. It's just it was too small, and the thing that it was that, tight and that Ian is really focused on, and, and some other people on our team is restaurants. We have to have the distilleries. But where we really exploded, and I think where Proof has made its mark, because there's a lot of great tasting events in the mar in the market, is because we bring in really quality restaurants. And we have 20 restaurants that are involved with 48 different distilleries. And then we've upped our game, too, on the custom-crafted cocktail zones where we have actual cocktails that are made with those Washington spirits and different mixologists or restaurants get in the mix and work with the distillery to create really cool 
signature drinks. So those are all over. So if you think about we have 15 or 18 of those. You've got 20 food stations. You've got 48 uh, distilleries. Then you've got, like, Jaguar and Mercedes and Dairy Gold and these other cool Total Wine. And then another 15 or 20 exhibitors on top of that. It's a full-blown grand tasting in there. It's it's a four-hour, like, can't have enough of it. You got to chill and pace yourself. So we have to teach the people how to taste, which is the segue ah, to the use the booze stage. Use the booze yep. stage. We started the very first year, and uh, I give the guild all the credit. Not abuse the booze. Not abuse <laughs> the booze, right. but use, right. use the bu- use the booze, and the use the booze stage is just four really unique topics, and we've got great topics for this year. Um, we close a drape up there on the top of the sound stage, and literally these forty to fifty oh. people have their own kind of. It's like a television show just just for them. And these mixologists uh, and these experts walk them through about a 20-minute thing. They're samples. They talk about the, about the subject. Uh, but they're different. And we want people to come in and not have to be threatened. They don't know much about the different types of varietals or don't know much about what to do with the cocktail. So we're teaching them how to make the drink and how to drink it and how to sip it and what ice does to it. And all these things that people like at your ilk know about, we want to put a 1,000 people, make them an inch taller by the time they come out of there. That's right. That's right. I'm sure they'll be feeling handsome (laughs) to some degree. Um, That's so cool. So this is really a one-day event. Now you have two two tickets, right? You've got the the very important person ticket, the VIP, which starts Mm -hmm. at 430. Uh, And then, then of course, everybody else who wants to come and have a great time starts at 530. How do people get tickets? Well, they'll go to proofwashington.org. You can follow us on Facebook, but you can buy the tickets. Uh, Ian, aren't we sold out on the VIP? VIPs we have actually sold out of, uh, which is phenomenal. We're way ahead of where we were last year, which last year was a sellout show, I think, at the door that evening. And trajectory-wise, where we're trending right now, it's it's probably going to be sold out before that point. But uh, general admission, still available. Definitely. Right. Well, um, how many people would you anticipate attending, and what's... Why, and why and what's some basics? I should, I know, because me, I'm old school. I would go have a big boat of French fries before I go to any drinking event, right? <laughs> and then have a couple cups of water throughout. Well, the fact that it's a leave. it's a Washington Distillers Guild event, everything is done with the most level of responsibility, straight up, from alcohol monitors to really making sure that we're responsible on the pours. It's not an endless amount of drink tickets. You know, knock on wood, we've not ever had any issues here because we do take it seriously about how to do this properly. And a lot of people who are new to it don't know how to how, how to sample uh, appropriately. So uh, if you come in on an empty stomach, then, you know, you, you are dealing with that. That's why there's so much food. Yes. Uh, the food does One counter. And we want to pair it, you know. Yeah. We want to have what whiskey tastes great with and what's gin tastes great with. And if you've got the cocktails, what do those go great with? So there are pairings. But I think the thing that people need to do is just come down and just leave that five – Five o'clock to nine o'clock window open. Most people don't come in there for thirty minutes. They they're licking the crumbs off the countertops by the time we're done. This is, <laughs> the food is so good, and the cocktails are so good, and the music and the lighting and the sound super sensual environment in there. We just want people to relax and enjoy themselves, and then totally just make sure that as they go off into the night, it, it ends at nine thirty, so it's still an early night if they want to go home or if they want to enjoy Fremont. Um, but it's a real snapshot, I think, of where the guild is at. And I think when Kim comes on, she'll tell you more about where the guild is headed as, a, as an entity. But it's a really great story. It's a great business story about a growth about a group of people who believe in themselves and still are. 
Well, that's great. Well, I know Kim Carrick will be on stage. Uh, stage. <laughs> She'll be on stage uh, with Scratch Distillery here in a bit. Um, but the restaurants are a huge part. I, I think it's important. As a wine guy, as a sommelier, I took care of people in restaurants. Obviously, we always had food there. Um, and it's important for people to, to to slow down. I think there's such exuberance and such great energy that a lot of times we're like, woohoo, let's go. Boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, oh, what happened? And then you slow. Then it's kind of you, you need to pace yourself because you know this is a this is a big girl kind of event where you can um, have fun. But tell me about some of the cool restaurants. I'm, I'm curious about pairing. I know that whiskey pairs well with cherries and vodka with olives, but I don't know outside of that. Well, we actually, and I'm I'm sorry, I'm having a choke up moment here, <clears throat> Dick. I'll fill in. Yeah, Please no do. problem. You know, <coughs> the restaurants, the new restaurants are the key. The new restaurants are the key. We always want to bring in new ones. Are there new ones in Seattle now? I, I think there's seven. Seven. And there'll be three next year at this time, probably. I thought all those seven. new buildings were empty. <laughs> you know, uh, 190 Sunset and Salt and Iron, those are turning into be really top-level places to go in the north end. They're both coming in board with a brand new. Uh, the Melting Pot is neat to see a chain restaurant want to be involved in Proof, and, and they're coming on board. Uh, the melting pot makes so much sense. Totally, right? I mean, and then they also started to look at local spirits, too. So this is a great opportunity for us to connect with them. And then you got groups from the Tom Douglas Restaurant Group involved. And, yeah, the Carlisle Room. Yeah. Oh, be yeah. A, a great partner. They were on board last year as well. Uh, but as Dick was kind of mentioning, uh, we're usually anywhere between 12 to 15 of these. We got 20. That's awesome. Uh, and same with these signature cocktails. We're usually around maybe 15 to 17 of these signature drinks that can be located throughout the floor plan there. And we're up over 20 as well. That's great. So this is going to be packed with local flavors from both the drink world as well as this culinary experience, uh, which these guys work hard. I mean, they pull out all the stops, these chefs that we showcase here. Uh, they're bringing the materials. They're bringing their A-game. Uh, and it's it's a phenomenal culinary event. Oysters, too, this year. Oysters, too. That's right. Oysters. Yes. How about that? Yeah. Uh, remember, it's uh, proofwashington.org are the tickets. Get your general mission ticket. They're $50. It sounds like a great deal with 20 restaurants, 20 cocktails, and Host of Distilleries. Hey, folks, stick around. I got Kim Carrick coming up with Scratch Distillery right here on Happy Hour Radio. He's loud. He's proud. Holding nothing back. Michael Savage, The Savage Nation. Weeknights, 9 to midnight. Talk Radio 570, KVI. Now, more KVI Want to Know Weekends. Back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Champ. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back. Excited to have you. Uh, I'm excited to have my partners from Proof. <laughs> you are not my partners. This is perfect. Uh, Ian and Dick are uh, with Varsity Communications. They're producing uh, the Washington Distillers Festival Proof. It's uh, the sixth annual. It's uh, Saturday, July 7th, 5.30 to 9, down at the uh, Fremont Studios. Tickets are available at proofwashington.org. It's uh, it's the big distillers thing. You'll, you'll have rest, 20 restaurants, 20 different cocktail stations, a host of uh, distilleries, and a few from Canada, Washington, um, Oregon, <laughs> a few from Washington, too. Go figure. Uh, and speaking of Washington, of course, I have uh, Kim Carrick, who is the owner and distiller for Scratch Distillery. Where are you, Kim? I'm in Edmonds. And you're in Edmonds. You can be two places at once because you're here and you're in Edmonds. Um, that's just cool. How long have you been in the business? Uh, July 10th will be our three-year anniversary. July 10th. Yeah. Oh, how about that? Conveniently, now, right around proof. What were right. were you uh, were you making hooch before you got legal, or how did this all come about? I was nerdy and did it all the legal way, but uh, at home I did some infusions into store-bought vodka to come up with my botanical recipes for my gins, which oh. are my flagship. 
What vodka did you use? Um, when I was doing the test stuff, uh, I'd pick up some Smirnoff, some basic things, because I wasn't looking to have anybody else's uh, imprint, right? Imprint, and just wanted something very neutral, because I was just trying to find out colorless, every... odorless, spirit, yep, <laughs> flavorless, and, which is very different than mine, because I make everything from scratch, from local greens, from Skagit Valley, from potatoes, Eastern Washington, and I don't filter anything, so it leaves more of the character of the base material. So. I remember it was 1999. I was in the Rainer Club and I said, I got an idea. Let's, I think it was because Absolute Blueberry was coming out. Like, oh, why don't we just put real blueberries in it? So I had all these Absolute bottles. We made raspberry, blueberry. And it was it was interesting for me because it was just fun. But, you know, lo and behold, craft cocktails and all this other stuff. So I, it's like, well, I was just putting berries in it. That was very complex. <laughs> Post maceration. That's <laughs> right. Um, Scratch Distillery is founded on what principle? Um, we make everything from scratch. Oh, so how about that? We are not buying bulk vodka and just making the gin infusions. We make it. Um, I'm a PCC shopper. I'm, I believe in the farm to table kind of both food and drink. And we're trying to get people aware that it makes a difference what we put in our bodies from drinking as well. Um, I know that sounds funny, but um, it's, it's too just funny. My mom was worried about how much I'm putting into my body. <laughs> <laughs> It might as well be high quality good. That's stuff. right, Mom. It's just the best stuff. That's <laughs> uh, that you know those doctors. Mom's worry overall. Um, so you have a partner in this business. Did you have a, a test subject? Uh, the proverbial guinea pig. Um, my husband. Your husband, <laughs> who has the day job and is not here. Ah, right. How about that? Great. So it became an expensive hobby, and now it's it's an actual business. And you produce what? I make about a dozen different spirits. I make about seven different vodkas, uh, three three different base ones, the potato and seven the different vodkas and yeah, different infusions. Again, I use a vapor infusion method for our gins, and we do the same thing with our vodkas. So five. Oh, peppers. I see vapor right. So yeah. the the basket outside goes yep. up. Okay, yep. interesting. So, well, let's talk about the 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 three maceration processes. There's soaking. Mm -hmm. There's adding flavor. Yep. And there's steep, or so this vapor infusion, vaporing, and the, the percolating. Yeah, so maceration can either be ahead of time or after the fact. So there's kind of technically four. All right, so you brought three products today, and you, your distillery is called Scratch Distillery. Mm -hmm. It's in Edmonds, yep. and it's scratchdistillery.com. Yep. Okay, and you're going to be a proof. I am. Are you making a special cocktail? I'm making a special cocktail with something other than my gins, but I have a few different restaurants. So we have a quite an Edmonds contingent there. We have five different restaurants from Edmonds. Oh wow! Uh, so we're going to have nice a little work. corner and. Uh, so Edmonds is be, so cute. I was yeah. up at a wine walk, and it was like, oh, this is just really cute. It's come a long way. It's changed. It's not uh, just for the old retired yeah, folk I saw, anymore. Yeah, I saw people that weren't necessarily white. Yeah. It was really <laughs> yeah, there's there's a little more uh, variation. There's some color. Yeah, I was like, hey, I fit in. <laughs> and age that? differentiation. This is yeah, true. Um, you true. gave me three different products to try. Uh, the first one is? It's our martini-style gin. Um, I think that there's no one gin fits all. I even have a custom gin class called Geniology, so people can come and make their own gin recipe. Really? Um, but this one is more the savory botanicals, more the barks and spices, things that give it this nice, long, warm, complex finish. Doesn't need much adornment at all. Um, wow. Lots of layers, huh? I tell you, you know, I didn't get into gin until really... Um, three years ago when it was a hot summer and the gin and tonic actually just worked. I'm like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Uh, so I've actually been on the gin bandwagon since. And it's uh, my palate is it's like when you grow up. I like Brussels sprouts now. I like exactly. mushrooms. And uh, I'm not afraid of some of these things. Um, this is delicious. It's well-balanced. It's not hot. It has texture. It has a hint of sweetness. Is there some... It's not mint, but is there something... 
the uh, it's the base of the wheat-based vodka. Really? It's Skagit Valley Organic, soft white winter wheat. Um, just has this subtle caramely tone. So mm, yeah. So that's your the base. Do I they? Mean, just is lightly. it toasted? I mean, when they take wheat, obviously you harvest it, and it's still a green um, seed or what is it? Uh, call it a. Uh, grain. Just, yeah, the grains. Grain. Yeah. yeah, that's the word. Um, I have it milled by Fairhaven Organic Mill. So do they dry it, right? Yeah. Don't they? Yeah. So they put it in a big uh, air. I get it. All right. Yeah. So then it's milled. Yeah. Is there a special, like coffee, right? Sometimes you grind your coffee, it's not going to be as flavorful. Is the smaller the mill, the better the flavor? Yeah. It's okay. it's like a fine pastry flour. Yeah. yeah. Pretty neat. Uh, and how many botanicals in the first one? It's 17. Wow, 17. Yep. All right. Um, did you have your first drink at 17? Uh, I might have been a little. I'm the youngest of five kids, so I had some oh. bad influence. Oh, no way. You got away with so much then. I'm pretty sure they were like, yeah, she'll f- don't worry about it. Um, second product. Second one I call our G&T style or gin and tonic style gin. Not that the, either of these have to be used for those cocktails. It's more, it's more citrusy. So, exactly. Because that's what I think people are looking for in a gin and tonic is citrus and some little floral notes there that aren't in the martini and style. bang, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now I add a little tonic to mm. it and show you how it really opens up. The oh, I, you're right. That is uniquely different. It's a little smoother, a little more... Um, Friendly on the palate doesn't have quite the, the darker bitter flavor. I don't you, you, I don't say bitter. It's not herbal. bitter. Herbal, right? Yep. Thank you. Yep. And then when you add a tonic to it, because I use all fresh citrus, and that's why I chose vapor infusion because I can use fresh florals, fresh citrus. Wow. It's amazing how it changes. Is it? Yeah, boy, there it is again. There goes my Saturday <laughs> <laughs> or uh, Wednesday. Yeah, or Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be on a bender. Thank you very much for that, Mom. Um, you have one more. This this is a uh, a yellow spirit. It's a barrel finished gin. Barrel finished. So finished and used rye. Because barrels. legally we cannot say aged gin. Correct. Yes. Just it, finished. It's or yeah, rested. We're highly regulated, so all kinds of technical. So this is uh, 18 botanicals. I did this originally as a Christmas release. It was only going to be a holiday seasonal thing, but it sold out so fast. Mm. Now we make it all the time, and it's uh, same base spirit as this one. Yeah, so they're all the they're all our oh, all base, the same. I see. Know? And then, uh, but this is more the um, I call it the baking spices. So spicy yeah. cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg, gingers. That's what I'm getting. Yeah. So it's just lovely just to sip on by itself. Um, it does make good cocktails. Something you'd use a whiskey for. Use this instead and add another layer of complexity. Ah, well, I'm all about layers. Okay, yeah. uh, you have a cocktail. I do. So this is a, um, we're also becoming known for our um, specialty spirits. So this is a combination of our potato-based vodka, but then also... Um, Go ahead and make some noise on that. All right. We, we've got, uh, we have Studio Ice here. Our, our sponsor. Second to none. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and then, uh, so this is our Aquavit. Artisanal Ice comes from a very, very small producer on the fourth floor. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one ounce of potato vodka, one ounce of our underground Aquavit. So Aquavit is... Um, Okay. Underground, yeah, that's interesting. Has it got lead in it or something? It was no, it was our a club only release for the first year. We have a spirits club, and so it was just something that uh, we made just for them. But now it's open to the public. But it comes and goes, so it'll sell out pretty quick here in the next couple of weeks. Are you from the Midwest? I am from Michigan originally. I'm from Wisconsin. All right, there yeah, you I was go. Like, okay. Go Big Ten. Um, so here we have a one ounce of potato vodka, one ounce of our Akavit, three quarters ounce lemon juice, and three quarters ounce simple syrup. Wow. Nice, light, savory, sweet. 
Look that at that. Delicious. Now that is, is this like a Weeble Wobbles but won't fall <laughs> down? Oops. Unless you're holding it. <laughs> it's a martini glass with a little ball to hold oh, man. at the bottom. So, yes. Isn't that delicious? That is delicious. It's got another element in there that's just kind of giving me zing. It's got like energy in it because all of a sudden I, <laughs> I got goosebumps. It's so refreshing. So yeah, so the Akavit is caraway and dill infused into a potato spirit that's been aged for oh. seven months in a pretty neutral three times used barrel. Wow. Um, that's really pretty. Thank you. Yeah. So are you. <laughs> Give me another one. <laughs> He's had a few now. That's right. Um, congratulations. Uh, Scratch Distillery, you, you have a tasting room, or can yeah. people knock on your door yep. at 9 a.m.? And... Tasting room. Yeah, the door's always open. If I'm there distilling, I may not be able to you know, stop and do cocktails, but always welcome to come in for tastings and purchase, of course. Um, but yeah, so officially we're Thursday through Saturday, 1 to 7, Sunday, 1 to 6. We do custom gin classes on the evenings, on the weekends. Really? Uh, yeah. I want to come and do one. Yeah, absolutely. We'd Okay. Have you. Uh, that's so fun because I'll be in Edmonds. You know, so funny. I'll be in Edmonds in August. <laughs> <laughs> the Boeing Wine Club is going to have their uh, annual competition up there, and okay. I was invited to taste along with them. And um, uh, anyway, I was awesome. just, my, just make things at Edmonds, but well, uh, and, and, I will know, be there. You don't need a passport, you know, to get to Edmonds. So. Come on up from Seattle. Thank you very much. Kim Carrick, um, hey, I want you to stick around because I want to talk more about this proof idea. Uh, but we got one more segment, folks, and I'm going to have a little more indulgence here on Happy Hour Radio. Tune it in and turn it up. Cruise home with Kirby, the Kirby Wilbur Show, live and local, weekdays 3 to 6 p.m., KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends continue. Now back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, it's not just me. It's Kim, it's Ian, it's Dick. we got a big party here. It's uh, we're, we're scratching up some cocktails with Scratch Distillery, all getting ready for Proof. Uh, it's Proof Washington. Uh, Ian, tell me about some of the restaurants. Well, we got, uh, well, let me get my list here because we got over 20 of them. Um, well, just the good ones. Thank you. Yeah, just the good <laughs> ones. Well, as Kim was mentioning, uh, 190 Sunset we got in there. Uh, Marquette, Fishmonger, and Eatery. Um, Marquette? Yeah. That sounds very Midwest. <laughs> Do you know where they got that name? Uh, the Market. So going uh, like a fish market. Oh, I see. Marquette. Yeah. I'm thinking you know, we were chatting about Yeah, yeah. Uh, Table 47, Salt and Iron uh, down in Edmonds is a big one. Uli's Famous Sausage, Theo Chocolate. All these guys are going to be out there. Uh, we got a bit of savory. We got a bit of sweet. Oh, you got Russell's, huh? Yep. We got uh, Chutch is going to be there. Capital Cider, Branch Water, What's Moshi Chuch? Moshi. What kind of restaurant is Chutch? Good question. I've actually never been right. to Chutch. Chutch. Such. It's, uh, they serve too much. It's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there's 20 restaurants, and it was really fun for me is because these restaurants I'm not familiar with. I think that's, that's really fun. Cause that's I, another I think, neat part of this. And I love going to see uh, to Taste Washington and have El Gaucho give me their tenderloin on Christine, oh, but, right. you know, let's jazz it up. Uh, pretty neat. You've got uh, some exhibitors. Of course, we'll have uh, chocolate crack. That's really good. Um, Chocolate-covered honeycombs. Yeah. They're delicious. And uh, dry sparkling. Um, and, and all these distilleries, I, I'm super excited to see some of these new ones. Uh, advice, Kim, for somebody getting in the, in the business, what would be your first... Uh, don't do it. No. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you said it. <laughs> what advice would you give to somebody who wants to have a pipe dream or a distillation dream or what do you call it? Uh, you need to have to... Oh, well, easy for me to say. You're going to work a lot. 
You're <laughs> so, work a lot. But at least you're doing it for yourself. You're doing something you're proud of and um, passionate about. Isn't that the funny thing about being on the entrepreneur side is that yep. it's you, every hour you put it in is an hour for yourself. Yep. But it sure looks nice out. Yep. Let's <laughs> <laughs> take that long lunch today, and we'll get it later. Um, super cool. I think your drinks are great, and you have. I, I want to come and taste your seven different vodkas. I'd like to taste <laughs> them blind because, to me, as someone who hosts a, a, a spirit competition here in in, in Washington, that I think. I want to learn more about it, especially from Washington products. I think it's interesting to taste because we can, I think part of it's water. I think we have a, a, a wetter water, if you will. It's not, you know, mineral driven, but we also have such good products, good uh, ingredients that go into, mm -hmm. into our, our products that I, I think I'd like to sort of discern that. I'd let, if I could be Washington-centric, if I could be a homer, I would like to be more of a homer. Um, and this is products, oh, you can buy. You can buy products. That is correct. But some you can't. No, what does that say? Products can buy there. Got it. Oh, got it. All right. So lots of fun. Tickets are at proofwashington.org. Correct. The Y is silent. That's right. The Y is silent. <laughs> yeah. Come out and join us. Come boogie down. Products are for sale, and it goes towards Washington Distillers Guild, and it helps us grow the industry, which supports Washington industry and, like I said, our local farmers, and uh, it's been great fun. It is great fun, and what's what's interesting, too, is just a couple of weeks ago, we had the uh, Washington Brewers Festival over in Redmond, and that thing. I went to that. And and just distillation doesn't happen without beer, if you will, right? Because yeah. it's yeah, kind it of the starts, same thing. You start in the same process. And they are huge. I think they had, I just could not believe, they got that whole Redmond area and they were inviting kids and families, which I thought was cool, because we need to be less, you know, yeah. worried about it. Let's make this human. We mm. even make a beer schnapps, so we partner with local um, breweries, and uh, we did Diamond Nuts Peach Wit. We distilled and then put that in a used two-bar bourbon barrel for seven months, and uh, it's a really oh, unique spirit. I see you got because two bar bourbons, he's got some good bourbon barrels. Yep. Actually, I like yeah. his product. So, you know, again, local partnerships across the industry. And and is there a ticket to get in the class? Do you have to reserve? Because you have the the um, what you call it? Use the, the booze. use the booze stage. Is it? How do you get a ticket for that? Uh, you don't first come first serve. Nope, that is open to everybody. It is first come first serve. We have fifty seats. Uh, so we got different times of night where we have some great guest speakers lined up. Uh, and all you got to do is just grab one of those seats first. Uh, and when would it start? So if I'm getting there at 5.30, do I need to jump into class right away, or is it better? No, no. Um, I think our first one is... Well, okay. I take. Well, I, I'm sorry. For there all is the that, VIP the, the people. VI, yeah, the VIP hour is from 4:30 to 5:30, sit down. and then uh, we open the door to the general audience there. 5:45 is our first kickoff there. And uh, is it a half hour experience or is it it's about 20 minutes? 20 minutes. That's that's about a lot minutes. for 50 people to get. Can you pass out a sample in 20 minutes? Oh, they will. Oh, you just pass. <laughs> I would take a sip, everybody. It's yeah. one giant yeah. cup. Yeah, it's kind of like miles and sideways, right? The big bucket. Exactly. No, it's <laughs> not that way. Um, <laughs> Everyone here is is actually a member of of the uh, the guild, and so proceeds benefit the guild. The guild website is WashingtonDistillersGuild.org, something like that. Yes, I believe so. Because uh, people want if because if you want to support something, you'd find out there's all sorts of ancillary sponsorships you can involve. And uh, but anyway, I'm going to be there. I'm actually volunteering. I understand you still have some volunteer positions available. I will be there helping with load in. I'm you super bet. excited, uh, and just to to get a, be a part of it. I kind of miss you know people side. I'm always on this side. It's always a small room. Anyway, uh, Dick, Kim, Ian, thank you so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Thanks thank for you, having Christopher. us. Hey, have a great proof. I will be there. Uh, the proof is in the pudding. And remember, when you are going to these events and having a good time, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers.